Friends, can we give our Vacation Bible School friends and all their teachers one more round of applause? I invite you now to go to the Lord with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the sound of your children. We give thanks for the sound of songs which write scriptures on the tablets of our hearts. And we give thanks for the presence of your Holy Spirit, which is here now to guide us in conversation with you. So I ask now that you take the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, and make them wholly yours. That together, as we seriously consider Holy Scripture, you might help us to actively listen, to critically think. So that we might grow in our capacity to radically love as we've been loved. These things I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe it's always important to get a little bit of a context uh, of a scripture lesson in order to talk about that scripture lesson a little bit. And one of the things I thought about this week is uh, the power of a family reunion. Anybody have family reunions they go to? Anybody ever been to one? Boy, it's a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, not always, but you go there and there's a whole bunch of people you don't know. Like this picture. You want to know what this is a picture of? It's the picture of the Bennett family reunion. It's not my Bennett family. I don't know what Bennett family it is. I just Googled online, Bennett family reunion. That's the picture I got. Those people didn't invite me, so I guess they're not family. Some of the things I, I, I miss about my family back in Tennessee and, and, and our get-togethers, I was just talking to Amy about it not too long ago because we, uh, when my mamaw was still living, I come to find out my cousin had one this summer, but... Uh, uh, we'd always go to her house at different times of the year. And uh, one of the things I always loved at the, at the summertime gatherings were, uh, were homemade ice cream. Right? I've never had another ice cream like the ice cream my mamaw made. I, I think about that all the time. I'm never going to get that again because she's gone on to be with the Lord. And I don't care who you are. You can't duplicate mamaw's recipe. You know? <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into a family reunion, though. There's a lot of work that goes into just a, a small get-together of people. Even if it's just 15 or 150, it's a lot that goes into it. But can you imagine what it's like to have three family reunions every single year where about 180,000 people gather together? Can you imagine the work that goes into that and the planning? Our scripture lesson today from the Gospel according to John comes on the last night of the Feast of Tabernacles. The last night of the Feast of Tabernacles. So the, in Judaism, there were three major feasts. And the Feast of Tabernacles was like the last real big feast of the year. And uh, If you were a male, a Jewish male, and you could travel no matter where you were in Israel, Palestine, you had to come back to Jerusalem for this family reunion, if you will. And, and it would go for about a week or so. So everybody and their mama would come. For the Feast of Tabernacles, it's, uh, it's celebrating kind of the fall harvest kind of time. And incidentally, um, 40 days after this feast is uh, the Festival of Lights, also known as Hanukkah. Yeah, just remember that. So, um, so they're at this feast, and um, it's the last night of the feast. And let me, just, let me just paint this picture for you. 
Now, remember, you know, a couple thousand years ago, there wasn't electricity, right? You might have the occasional oil lamp in the window, small light or something in the house. But at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, they would fill all of these giant candle uh, candle that were about 15 feet high. And they'd fill them full of oil and they would take the robe of a priest, kind of like a robe like this, and it would be the wick. And somebody would climb up there and light those, those candelabras on fire so the, the whole city shone brightly. It was light at night. Just lit up the skyline in a dark Palestine evening. And everywhere in Jerusalem would have light. But the city, uh, at the very top of it was the temple. And it just shone brightly for all to see. And, and it was in this context that Jesus steps out there in the shining brightness of the night. And he says these words that we hear in today's scripture lesson. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, all throughout John's gospel, Jesus up to this point uses these I am statements. A go, a me in the Greek. I am. I am the bread of life. I am the way and the truth and the life. Later he will say, I am the resurrection and the life. Here he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Anywhere else in Scripture you ever hear God say, I am? How about with Moses when he encountered the burning bush? Moses is like, who are you exactly? I don't know that he said it like that, but in Raymond's mind, he said it like that. And Adonai says, I am that I am. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Oh, and of course, that made the Pharisees mad. Jesus just loved making high-ranking church officials mad. He wanted to make sure they got the right narrative of God, not the wrong narrative of God. He said, I am the light of the world. And they questioned Jesus about, well, who gives you the right to say that? Here you are appearing as your own witness and says, no, 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 no. I'm not the only one witnessing on my behalf. The Father's witnessing on my behalf as well. I am the light of the world. All week long, our children encountered this passage of Scripture with Jesus. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And then they encountered this phrase, shine Jesus' light. Now, I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about lights, and I start hearing all the Christmas in July stuff, especially on QVC, which if you weren't here, when I made that confession here before God's people... I watch QVC every Sunday, and I'm especially fond of In the Kitchen with David, and I'm especially fond of Christmas in July on QVC, which is when many a Christmas present and other things I don't need for my kitchen get bought. But it also makes me think of what's getting ready to happen five months from now, which is yet another Christmas. And I don't know about you, But when it comes to lights at Christmas, do you ever find when you go back to get your lights out of storage, they're tangled up? Do you ever get tangled up in your lights trying to untangle them? 
All week long I had in my mind what that, what that might look like when we follow Jesus. See, when we follow Jesus, we, we get tangled up in His light. So, hold on for a second. I want to show you something. It seemed like the right thing to do. Is the pastor disrobing? Yes. Thank you, Lord, that he's actually clothed. So I can find them. There we go. First off, can I just talk about this for a minute? So I had this concept Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. You know, we're doing all this shine Jesus light stuff. And, I, you know, what does it mean to get tangled up in Jesus light? And now I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could? Well, I didn't, I didn't just say this. I made the mistake of telling the three guys that work back there on a regular basis. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if I could get some Christmas lights and you know wrap them around me? They went to work. And I thought maybe I'd just get on Amazon and, and order some battery-operated lights. No, 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 no. They got a legitimate light strand, and then they constructed a battery pack. You can't see the battery pack, but it's on a web belt. The web belt has at least, I'm, I mean, I, they probably like 9 or 12 batteries on it. I'm telling you, it feels like there's 50 pounds of batteries on my backside right now. And it's a little switch. And, and with, with any luck, I won't be set on fire by the time this sermon's done. So now I just get to walk around like this today. Aren't you lucky? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But here's the thing. When we follow Jesus, we get tangled up in that light. That's the point. Because the world's a dark place. The world's a dark place. And the only light in this world is the light of love. And that light of love has a name. It's Jesus. And so when we follow Jesus, when we walk alongside Jesus, sometimes we're behind Jesus, sometimes Jesus is behind us. But when we walk with Jesus, we get tangled up in His light. And there's a purpose for that because we are supposed to shine Jesus' light to others. Our VBS graphic this week is going to come up on the screen now just so you can see stellar shining Jesus' light. All week long, children had a prompt for each thing they heard. And they were supposed to say, shine Jesus' light. And the day one, they talked about what it's like when life feels dark. When life feels dark. And I'm going to tell you, friends, if you've not gone to school from elementary through high school, if you've not done that in the last 20 or so years, if you've not done that since at least 1999, before Columbine, let me tell you, life is dark in school like we never knew. Life is dark in school like we never knew. We do not understand the darkness that's in place. We do not understand what it must be like to go to school where they train for violent intruders. We must not know what it's like never being able to escape our handheld devices so that when we encounter a bully at school, we still have that bully to deal with from sunup to sundown and all through the night. None of us know that. 
unless we've gone to school in the last 20 years. So the children need to know about the light. They need to know about the light of Jesus. That there's someone that loves them no matter what. That no matter how dark it gets, we can shine Jesus' light. Because Jesus' light is shining in the darkness of the world no matter the circumstances. Then on the next day, the next day, when people don't get along, shine Jesus' light. Let me guess. Have any of us ever gotten along with everybody? (laughs) People are like, Pastor, we're barely getting along with you. I know. But when we're not getting along, we can find a way to at least show love in the midst of that disagreement. So we shine Jesus' light. But you know what? Sometimes good things happen. It's not just bad in the world, right? Sometimes good things happen. We want to celebrate with those who celebrate. As another passage of Scripture, we mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice. We shine Jesus' light. Because He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. When it it feels dark, He's the light of the world. When we don't get along, He's the light of the world. When good things happen, He's the light of the world. When people are sad and, and, and we all face things in our lives that make us sad. Some of our children, they already know what it's like to lose a grandparent or a loved one. or Some of them even know what it's like to to lose a parent. When things are sad, Jesus' light is still there shining. And of course, when people need help, we shine Jesus' light. We do that well around here. We know how to help here. We're called to go and help others. We're called to go and and shine Jesus' light. And so I love when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But Jesus also says this in Scripture, and it's for us to remember. It comes from Matthew's Gospel. Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and He says this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, there's a couple of things I would say there to you. And I promise this is going to be a shorter shorter sermon today. So I'll probably just go to about 11 o'clock before I'm done preaching. Is that okay? No, I'll be done in like two minutes, but hang with me here. First off, one of the most important things you need to hear in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, very rarely is the word you a you singular. Okay? The word here, you are the light of the world, is a you plural. Jesus is saying, y'all. That's the Greek translation, y'all. Hey, I went to school for this, man. I mean, you know, I mostly got through on good looks, but I went to school for this. And humility. Um, Thank you. It is you plural. You all. We. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world because we are following the one who is the light of the world. We ourselves are not the light. He is the light. And just like the moon has no light of its own apart from the sun, we have no light of our own apart from Jesus. But with Jesus, we are His light of the world. And that city, that cannot be hidden. 
It's not meant to be put under a bushel. It's meant to be put on a lampstand. But I love that here. The word lamp is used and not spotlight. Do you ever feel like you're in a conversation with another Christian or maybe you have those Christian friends and they have a Jesus spotlight, right? And they zero in on whatever it is they think is wrong with you and they tell you things like, well, you don't really know Jesus. You do X, Y, Z. See, Christianity practiced rightly doesn't use a spotlight. It doesn't use a spotlight to point out things about people that we don't feel are right or wrong or whatever. It's a lamp. A lamp just brings light to a room. So things can just be seen for what they are. But our lamp, our light, this is meant to be Jesus to those with whom we come in contact with. And let me tell you, friends, your Jesus lamp is much more powerful in your sphere of influence than mine is. People just look at me as a talking salesman for Jesus. But your friends, your friends, the people that you're in relationships with, they're looking at you as just a lamp, a source of the light. And that's all we're supposed to be. And that can be seen in what we do. I love that old phrase. Uh, preach Christianity at all times, and if necessary, use words. Was that Frank, St. Francis or St. Augustine? I don't remember. One or the other. They're both old and dead, but they belong to Jesus, so that's good. We are the light of the world. And thanks be to God, we made sure that that light was passed on to our little brothers and sisters this week. But don't forget... Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whether it's in the grocery store or on the road, at the doctor's office, after a long wait for something when you're really impatient, when your neighbor next door wins the lottery, or you find yourself hitting a deer with your car. No matter what the circumstance, shine Jesus' light. Because we are the light of the world. Because he is the light of the world. And that's Jesus' word. Seriously consider this day for Calvary Church. For all with ears to hear. All thanks and praise be to the God who's given us light and life and glory and love. Let's go to the Lord now in prayer.